Do you have a habit of doing random acts of kindness for people? Is it kind of a, a lifestyle of yours? It is for so many Kevin and Taylor listeners. But uh, we were talking about someone who does it pretty strategically and elaborately the other day on the show. We were talking about Shaquille O'Neal and how he went into that jewelry store in McDonough, Georgia, Azales. And he saw this guy like trying to put down a payment, another payment on his layaway on the ring for his girlfriend, the engagement ring. And he's like, how much does he owe? And he just like whipped out his credit card and he paid it off. And everyone was like, oh, well, there goes the surprise engage- engagement proposal because the oh. video went viral. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And like, <laughs> you know, surprise. And then she finds out he didn't pay for the whole ring herself. Well, the guy proposed. She said yes. And she claims she never saw the viral video, that she was completely shocked. And the guy who he paid, you know, the ring off for, mm-hmm. he said he tried to say no, but he's like, Shaq's a really big guy. He's a hard guy to say no to. <laughs> but if I was the the girl who got proposed to, I'd be thrilled that we could start our marriage without any debt on the ring. Like, put the money towards a honeymoon or a, a down payment on an apartment or something else. She's probably like, when he offered to pay, why didn't you get me a bigger rock? <laughs> oh, if so, he should have run for the hills and not marry her. Why didn't you get me a shack size ring? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? He was able to surprise her. She must not be sure. on social media very often. Hey, anyone in your life share any baby news with you recently? Coming up, we've got some big news for you. Anyone in your life share any big baby news with you recently? We got some big news for you. If you love watching the HGTV show Hometown with Aaron and Ben Napier, it's one of my favorites, you'll be happy to know they just announced they're expecting baby number two. Three-year-old Helen is going to be a big sister, and uh, this is how long they kept it a secret. I don't know if you know someone who, who hid their pregnancy. Um, the baby's due in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. And what's really cool is both Ben and Aaron love Jesus. And Aaron said at the end of her baby announcement on Instagram, even in our celebrating, I'm thinking of the would-be parents waiting for their own babies. For many, it can be such a long and difficult journey. And I pray for strength for you if that's where you are. God answers in his own time, not ours. Awfully hard as that can be. Sending so much love to y'all today. So congratulations to Aaron and Ben. So I just saw a video somebody posted of their toddler sitting underneath their kitchen table, like with, you know, the uh, tablecloth and face covered with cake. All right. And the caption was, says he didn't eat any cake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, do you have any stories like that with your kids where the evidence is overwhelming that, yeah, they did, in fact, eat something they weren't supposed to, but they denied it? Would love to hear yours. We've got one from our family coming up in just a minute, but give us a call. So I got a million stories of our kids eating stuff that they shouldn't have, including when they became teenagers and young adults. Um, someone would bring home like I don't know leftovers from eating out, and they'd leave it in the fridge and it'd be gone the next day. What happened <gasps> to my food? I'd be so mad. So much so that my leftovers. My daughter April puts notes. This is April's do not touch. Like she puts <laughs> notes her. on her fridge, like like she's got these like hungry broke roommates <laughs> or something. But uh, when uh, when our kids were little, one of our daughters loved chocolate. If chocolate disappeared, you knew it was one of them. And uh, she one time had a chocolate ring around her mouth from like raiding the, um, it was like Christmas time and they had the, what do you call the little, uh, 
Hershey Kisses, a bowl full of Hershey. All the all the Hershey Kisses are gone. All the wrappers are underneath her pillow. Chocolate ring around her mouth, and she looks up with her innocent little blue eyes. Did you eat the chocolate? No, Daddy. The best part of that story is it was where she chose to hide the wrappers. Right. Not I'm going to crumple up a real teeny tiny little silver balls and hide them in a piece of notebook paper. No, no one will ever look under my pillow. Sounds like you have experience with this, Taylor. <laughs> oh, I know how to hide candy wrappers. <laughs> the story I shared about my daughter years ago, little, little, little girl, probably like three, four years old with a chocolate ring around her mouth, looking at me directly in the eyes and saying, no, I didn't eat the chocolate, Daddy. It's, it's funny, but there's also a great lesson in there, too, I think, um, of how honest we should be with God when we're looking at our own lives, when we're doing those moments of serious self-reflection and who we've been, who we are, who we want to be, right? And to be honest with God, because you know what, all that stuff you've done in the past or maybe you're still doing, he already knows and it's okay. He's already taken care of it. So um, we can be that little three-year-old with the chocolate around our mouth going, no, I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) Or... We can have the humility and the honest self-assessment to stand before God and say, I was wrong and I am so sorry. And guess what? He will forgive you not once, not twice, but 50,000 times. It just takes that first step of humility to get there. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. One small act of kindness changed Kenneth's life. He lives in Texas. He was homeless, living on the streets, and was outside an Outback Steakhouse when a woman asked if he was okay. He said, no, actually, I'm not. And she bought him a $100 gift card and told him to get a meal at the Outback Steakhouse. Well, then she introduced Kenneth to the manager. Laura, the manager, gave Kenneth her business card and said, stop by anytime you're hungry. And after a couple of months, he asked for a job and started busting tables. Well, he then reached out to the Fort Worth Foodies Facebook group for advice on a cheap place to stay. The group didn't just give him advice. They raised $2,200 for him, booked him a six-week stay stay at a nearby hotel, and gave him clothes, kitchen items, groceries, even a bicycle. Kenneth was overwhelmed, and he said, This is a whole new beginning that God has blessed me with. So I'm trying to get on this and do it right, make a good track, and stay on the track that God wants me to stay on. Isn't that awesome? It all started with that one lady giving him a gift card outside Outback. Wow, that's cool. It's a great story, that random act of kindness. And you know what? My wife and I, we were were on the receiving end of a random act of kindness yesterday. A guy literally... Like, saved our day from turning into a big, huge hassle. Tell you what happened next. My wife and I, we met an angel named Errol yesterday. Um, We were both going for a bike ride. However, she went early in the morning, and I was riding later in the afternoon, and we both, we, we rode on a trail, and she was finishing her ride as I was just getting there to start mine. So she's packing up her car, and I'm just unloading mine. She goes to start her car. It won't start. Oh, no. So... I'm like, no problem. We'll jump it. And then I quickly realized I have put jumper cables in all of my daughter's cars, my son's car, but not in mine or my wife's car. Oh, no. (laughs) Taking care of the kids first. (laughs) Typical dad. So this guy uh, who was next to us, he he had just finished his ride, too. He's, you know, we had said hi or whatever. We weren't really, like, engaged in conversation with him, but he can see what's going on. He goes, hey, do you all need, uh, need jumper cables? And we were like, 
oh my gosh, if you've got them, that'd be great. And the guy says something like, hey, honey, I know I was, I was supposed to come right home. I need to help these people, so I'll be there in a minute. Aww. So he obviously was you know, going out of his way yeah. to help us. But here's the funny That's part. so nice. We popped the hood to uh, both of our cars, and neither of us had, had need. They were both fairly new cars to know where the battery was. We had to get help from Siri to find out where the batteries were hidden. <laughs> Wow, both, both of that our would cars. be so weird. Thank God for <laughs> smartphones, huh? You would be calling AAA if it was pre-cell right? phone. Well, you'd, so, ask, you'd walk to a house and ask them to call AAA. Right. So, Siri, thank you. And Errol, thank you for so uh, nice. going out of Aww. your way to help me and my wife yesterday with a random act of kindness. So my friend Amanda, she just posted something on Facebook that... I'm telling you, it's so funny. If anyone's ever had a snarky middle school or high schooler, like respond back to a simple request with something snarky. She's taken all of these snarky little phrases her daughters say and turned them into inspirational messages on Facebook. <laughs> we'll share a couple of them with you in just a minute. So my friend Amanda, who's a mom, she has uh, she has created a video on Facebook and it, it's inspirational quotes from her daughter. Now, have you ever seen those memes on uh, on social media? And they'll have a I don't know, like there'll be a mountain vista, mm-hmm. some very inspire all inspiring scene, and then over top it'll say something like uh, "Winners never quit and quitters never win." Sometimes you know, inspirational phrase like that. Well, she's taken those same type of backgrounds, like beach scenes or somebody with their arms raised in triumph. And she's put quotes from her daughters that are anything but inspirational. Uh oh. Things like, I know you don't have to keep telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I did it last time. Tell her it's her turn. (laughs) Obviously, she has two daughters. And then uh, the last one, I've gotten this one from uh, from I think all three of my daughters at one time or another. Can you please not <laughs> inspirational That's phrases hilarious. from her daughters. So what I'm wondering is could you make a few of those memes from little gems that your kids have said? Could you please not things like that. Give us a call and tell us what would your quote inspirational meme from your kids say. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor and we're talking about inspirational phrases that our kids utter that are less than inspirational. Do you have a couple? The one thing my daughter loves to say to me all the time, she'll just roll her eyes and go, Mom, that's really not necessary. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I know a couple more from my daughters. They'll say emphatically, that's not okay. Like that covers like yeah. that. That's an all-encompassing phrase that lets you know you are incredibly unwoke and out of touch. And then the other one, I can't even. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've gotten that one too. You've heard the phrase "always a bridesmaid, never a bride." Well, that's no longer true for Jen. She was a professional bridesmaid. I had no idea there was such a thing. It's basically a wedding coordinator, but you're right there as a bridesmaid to make sure everything goes smoothly. Everything from making sure the bride stays hydrated to anything that she might need, almost like a personal assistant. Well, she started to think she would never meet the right guy until she met Adam. She was so tired of putting on a show, telling the same funny stories and been on so many dates that she decided, you know what? I'm just going to like totally just lay it out there on this day. I'm just going to be myself. And he was smitten right away. 
They ended up getting married in a tiny ceremony right outside the coffee shop where they had their first date without a single bridesmaid. (laughs) (laughs) It would be great to see a picture of her on that date. Would she wear like... Yoga pants and a baseball hat, no makeup. Look, this is this is what you're first getting. Date. I want you to know right up front. This this, this is, is what this is it. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. If you keep hearing over and over how hard the pandemic has been on mothers, especially uh, coming up, if you're a husband who wishes you could help, here are three phrases your wife needs to hear from you. Husbands, if your wife has been stretched thin by this past year of dealing with job loss and money issues helping kids do school online, and you wish you could do something to help make her happy and let her know how much you love her, here are three phrases your wife needs to hear from you, according to Shanti Feldhand. You know, she wrote uh, the book for men only. Uh, Number one, here, let me help with that. Number two, if husbands get mad or hurt and they need some space, it's important to say to your wife, I need a little time alone because I'm mad or hurt, but we're okay. She needs to know that your relationship is okay. It's going to protect her from hours of stress. And the third thing your wife needs to hear from you, I'm so sorry that happened. How did that feel? Helping her feel understood will work wonders in your relationship. Hmm, Good advice. Shanti's the best. I love learning those three phrases that uh, Shanti Feldan said. These are the three things that moms need to hear right now, especially with all the pressure they're feeling and how at the end of the rope they can be with everything we've been going through in the last year. I'm an old dog, but I can learn new tricks. And uh, there's two things I've been trying to work on in uh, mine and my wife's relationship. Because you can't just sit on your laurels and say everything is good, right? You're going to constantly make it better. So I'll tell you two specific things that I've been working on to try to make Tracy feel more loved and cared about. We'll talk about it next. So one thing that I've learned after being married for quite a few years is you, you never want to rest on your laurels, right? You always want to make your marriage, your relationship better. And these are, are two things I've been working on that um, I'm really trying hard because I can tend to um, I can tend to not assume the best and I can tend to be a little sarcastic <laughs> sometimes, especially if I'm irritated or hangry, right? We've all been there. So I'm working on always trying to assume the best and speaking with sincerity, especially when it's over something that's important or emotionally starting to get a little heated or hot, resist the urge to go sarcastic or funny mm, and be good. and be sincere. And I think you'll be surprised if you start doing that yourself, how many times you go for funny to lighten a mood or you go or mm-hmm. you go for sarcastic to try to highlight what it is you're talking about. And it's not received well. So I've been trying to do those two things. Do you think Tracy's noticed the difference already? Has she said anything? I don't know if she has or not. I, I don't know. Is she finding out right now? I don't put maybe. Your secrets? Maybe. But <laughs> That's awesome. Here's the, assuming the best is a, is a two-edged sword, though, because when you start assuming the best and trying to speak with sincerity, you're assuming the other person is assuming the best, too. And they might not be. <laughs> <laughs> Because you may have given them reason to right. assume oh, the worst. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So just because you're like committed to these, it might be good to share with the other person that you're doing these things. Maybe that's what I need to do when I get home, that you're doing these things. So you're both you know, on the same page. But I've had to made, a, made a big difference in how I'm communicating to her. We're talking about trying to love your spouse better. And um, you were saying, Kev, that you try not to use sarcasm when it's not appropriate. Um, but I tell you what. Humor in the right spot and then done in the right way. Man, doesn't it do such a great job diffusing the situation? 
um, like if it's truly funny and not sarcastic, you know what I mean? Like my mm. husband does such a good job of um, when I'm having that little mini meltdown of, you know, like I told the one story on the on the show the other day about how I mopped the entire house with the wrong product and then had to go do it all over again. And I was not in a good way. And he has this way of making me laugh in the moment. And I even like, because I don't want to laugh, I'll go, it's not funny yet. Mm. <laughs> usually within like three minutes, I'm laughing my head off because it really is that funny. Uh, he does a good job, you know, diffusing the situation, especially because he can be so calm and I can be so irrational. And I just, I love how he loves me so consistently, uh, even when I don't really deserve it. it just it, It's just such a gift. I mean, there's so much anticipation when a new baby is on the way, right? I mean, everyone, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the siblings, you just can't wait for this baby's arrival. And I remember when I was the youngest of three girls and my twin sisters were being born and I could not wait to meet them. I was so excited. And then I remember when my sister had a baby and I was becoming an aunt and I couldn't wait to meet my niece. Well, imagine that feeling and then you find out your baby has a rare condition and cannot leave the hospital. Um, I'm so happy to tell you this story has a happy ending. This little girl, Valentina, was born with this um, rare heart defect that's basically like being born with half a heart. And so Mm. she had to be in the hospital for 700 days. Wow. And she just got to go home. Mm. And it's a lifelong battle. Like they're going to have nurses coming in a couple times a week. But um, some of the adjustments you can picture from this little baby girl's life is she misses the hospital staff because that was the only (laughs) world she knew. And all of a sudden, she's getting to know her two older sisters for the first time in her life because with COVID, they were not allowed to go see their baby sister at the hospital. They've never met her before. They've just FaceTimed and seen videos yeah. and pictures and stuff. So uh, keep it, keep Valentina and mom, Francesca, and the whole family in your prayers, because you can imagine the adjustments in the days and weeks ahead. But the bottom line is she's finally home. She just defied all the odds. Yeah, no kidding. It's what awesome. a great story. So y'all remember the movie, uh, The Breakfast Club, an iconic movie, if ever there was one, right? Well, I saw a meme the other day. They put into perspective just how long ago... The Breakfast Club came out. We'll talk about it next. So one of the iconic movies from the 80s was The Breakfast Club. And one of the iconic scenes was uh, Judd Nelson at the end of the movie walking across the football field by himself. And he pushed, he shoved, he like, punches this guy with his fist. He's like, yeah. Like, we we had our time. We had our day. So, so there's a meme going around with he's in that pose, right? And it says, we are now as far away from the 80s as the 80s were from the 40s. <laughs> <gasps> oh. So you can That's tell yourself depressing. when you watch that movie next time, maybe with your kids, that it's hip, that it's cool, that it's relevant. But remember to them, this song sounds like this <laughs> to your kids. <laughs> is back, right? They're wearing the clothes, at least. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wild if 1940s clothes came back and all of a sudden everyone's dancing to this kind of music again? Think all of a sudden women would be wearing nothing but dresses. Think about all the 80s songs that you maybe grew up with. 
I don't know. For me, Bon Jovi living on a prayer comes to mind. Next time you're you're like turning that up with the kids in the backseat, come on, sing along. What they're hearing is <laughs> everybody knows parenting is a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> oh You've got the good, the bad, the ugly. It's more like what's that awful space mountain thing where they like drop you from thirty stories up or whatever? That's more what it's like. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on because our producer Griffin's kids are only five and four, uh-huh. and he just told me they want to move out. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, we'll find out what's going on there next. So, Grift, uh, Taylor says the kids are moving out. Yes. <laughs> Five and four years old, they're moving out. Where they, are they going? They've declared they want to move out. The other day, we're <laughs> driving around in the car, and just mm-hmm. out of nowhere, I think it was my daughter Eloise, uh, she says, hey, Mommy and Daddy, we want to move to Grammy's house. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they want to go. Like, they want to live there. And they went on to say, you guys can visit us there. <laughs> my wife and I are like, well... I guess so. I mean, if that's what you want. <laughs> Sarah didn't cry or anything, did she, your wife? She, no, but she was just like, I don't think you guys really know what that means. Like, if you want to, like, mommy and daddy won't be there then. Like, we won't be around then. You're going to be at Grammy's house. That's where you want to live. Okay. So, and they're like, well, and they kind of started to walk it back. Well, maybe you guys can live there too. Or, like, I don't know why their house is better than our house, but. Are the rules more relaxed? Or, well, I'm and sure the it's the grandparents. They, yeah. <laughs> they want to, I, what I've told my kids, you want to get out from under the oppressive thumb of mom and dad, yeah. where you're required to do things like, you know, put a dish in the dishwasher or <laughs> you know things that we would in any other setting call being a decent human being. Right. <laughs> but for some reason, when mom and dad request it, it's oppression. Right. Does it happen at five and four? Apparently. <laughs> I think they just want like unlimited candy and sweets. And yeah. At our house, that's a little locked down, but over there, it's it might be a little free more for all. Yeah. <laughs> Have you checked with uh, the grandparents to see if they're okay with it yet? Well, we haven't asked them yet, so I'm sure they'd be okay with it. Yeah, for, yeah. for about 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Too funny that our producer Griffin's kids, five and four, are like, we want to move out. They want to go live with Grammy. <laughs> because, and at first I was like, why? What, what do you have to complain about when you're five and four? And then all of a sudden it hit me. Back when I was just a little bit older than them, I was six, and I got so upset one night, I actually packed a bag, (laughs) and I declared to my parents that I was leaving. Six years old. I'm ready to take on the world. Yes, and they did a really good job of very diplomatically helping me come to my own conclusion that I had no money and nowhere to go, (laughs) and they did it gently enough that... I, I really did. I felt like it was my own decision, <laughs> even though they could have just gone, put the bag away, get in bed. But I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to go this time. <laughs> I as wish you, I knew what I was upset about. As your kids get older, it takes some some charity and compassion to listen to your kids like one of ours when they were not even close to, quote, paying their own way, declared, I'm practically paying my own way. Mm-hmm. Which... They didn't even pay their own car insurance at the time. Like, oh, okay. okay, got it, honey. You know what I just remembered? I think I might. I, not, I think I know what I was upset about. If I was six, mm-hmm. I had been the little coveted baby of the family up till then. Yeah, and then my twin sisters were born. And I was no longer Fine. the Fine. If I'm not the youngest. star of the show, I'm out of here. I was the lost in the middle kid. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm moving out. <laughs> Find a family that appreciates my greatness. <laughs> Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.